up, what's up? Hello everyone. This is Talking About a Revolution Podcast. I'm Joski. I'm here with Will Cuz. Thank y'all so much for joining us. We have carved out a place to give a voice to the voiceless. This is a space for community organizers and activists to promote their cause and share their ideas. We are committed to making justice, compassion, and decency a way of life. We have a great episode for y'all today. We're going to talk a little bit about the presidential debate. Hope everyone's having a good day. Much love from talking about a revolution. Hope y'all enjoy. So, our country is a failed state. That was on clear display at the most recent general election debate between Trump and Biden last Tuesday night. The entire country is facing mass evictions. Climate change has the country on fire. There's cooking cops killing innocent people all over the country. We need justice for Elijah McClain. And we have an economic crash the likes of the Great Depression. And a debate between our leaders looks like two monkeys throwing shit at each other. Basically, it shows to me how ineffective these debates are. Not just in the general election, but the primaries too. And it's slightly different for down-ballot candidates. But these debates are a personality contest, Will, it seems like. They're designed for these five-second sound bites that are set up for the cable news networks to go viral. And generally, the winner of the debate is usually regarded as the person who is able to have that viral moment, or at least they are regarded as being effective in the debate. And to me, Will, it further displays how our system is set up to keep the general population uninformed. Noam Chomsky talked about how if a consumer is going to buy a truck, that person, to be the best consumer, would need to know all of the specs of that truck and the competition specs. But a commercial for that truck is not going to display any of that information. It's going to try to tug on your emotional appeal. It's going to show a picture of a dad and a son driving to a baseball game. And you don't know the specs on the truck. It leaves the consumer completely uninformed. And that's the goal of capitalism is it wants people to make decisions based on emotion, not logic, not policy. So the same thing happens in these debates where these 10-second sound bites are the goal of both candidates, not to leave the undecided voter more informed. And to me, it was an embarrassment for the country, but it was it was damn good TV, though, Will. I don't think it was good TV, as I think you pointed out to me that the ratings were down in presidential debates, and I just don't know if that's because of people tuning in and tuning out as quickly as they tuned in because of the shit show that was going on or not. So it definitely didn't make for good TV. It wasn't enjoyable at all. It was an embarrassment that that's where our presidential debates have gotten to. But I don't, I don't agree with that. That's how the debates are set up. That's how our media is set up now. I mean, you can't help. What what should the debate commission do to fix that? I mean, they give them two minutes each. It's not the debate commission's fault that they give a moderator 
who is known to ask hard questions to each side and try to be unbiased, and probably too much so to the point that it turns into being biased. Um, like, why would you ever ask a former vice president that's not holding any kind of office that's running for president? Why he's not talking to CEOs about stuff going on in our country? Like, why would you ask why uh, Joe Biden is holding rallies, implementing social distancing and implementing guidelines for coronavirus? Like, why would you ask these things? It's not even questions that anyone cares about because it's proper to do. Like, the real question is why in the hell Trump is doing the opposite? Why is he not doing his job of coming up with plans to get the American people through? I don't know what the debate commission can do other than implement more rules because Trump broke all the rules that the debate commission put in there and it became a shit show. So, I mean, they're given two minutes, but you are correct. That's where our news cycle has gotten to and our social media more so pushes it because of the age we're in because we were in, we had cable news before social media existed and it didn't devolve as badly as it has now because you're right it's about going viral on social media and i don't think that necessarily wins you the debate but it definitely gets you more attention to people that don't give a damn to actually pay attention to the debates because that's a big part of our uh, population is people that actually don't care and so the things that are going viral is the things that gets people's attention and makes them aware of what's going on. So in essence, you could say it is perceived as the winner of a debate. But if you actually pay attention, I, I, I don't see that whoever gets the best viral moment is the winner of the debate, though. And it can be taken like that sometimes. I think last week with the presidential debate we just had, that Joe Biden had a small edge just because he didn't shit his pants and I think he made two I, I think he made good moments like not really he went the traditional political route with things and Trump went with still spouting whatever's on his mind and no matter how accurate it is you said Biden was asked that dumb question about why he hasn't called the governors so you can see how these debate questions aren't set up to keep the general population informed. But that's not the debate uh, commission's fault. And it's not the debate being set up that way. It's the moderator. No, no, no. I'm not saying. And that's my next point, that we have to rethink the way that we look at these debates. And the debate commission, they could easily change these rules. They don't have to give them two minutes to try to explain how climate change is destroying our planet or two minutes to explain why we need universal health care. You know, we need long form conversations. It's hard to make a point on why climate change is real in two minutes. Well, they're they're allowed to follow up. And that's the thing. That's part of the rules. They're allowed to follow up. They're allowed to ask each other questions. They're allowed to do more and have more of a conversation. The follow-up usually is, is short, shorter. I mean, we need 15 minutes to be able to sit down and talk to the person one-on-one in front of a national audience, not just rallies, but in front of a national audience where half of American is watching the debate. They need to actually hear these policies. But instead, it's centered around a personality contest to see who can have the one-liner line, zinger and make people laugh or embarrass or... Basically win the headlines. Like, for instance, we saw it in the Democratic primaries very often, Will, with the questions. They would ask all of the Democratic primary contenders what they thought about the impeachment process. Every one of them 
all would agree on and have the exact same answer. This is a, a wasted question. And generally, that's the way they all go. You know, they ask, well, what would you say to Putin on your on your first day? What would you say? And it's ginned around the cable media headlines. That's what the questions are already formed from. So maybe we should have like a long form debate where they actually get a chance to talk for as long as it's needed. I mean, what what would you get with that? That's what I'm saying, though. Like, what are you, how long are we going to give Donald Trump to fucking ramble? He'll ramble for fucking 90 minutes so the other person can't go, man. Like, what would you get from that? Just having a long form and giving him as much time as you need to explain this. He's going to ramble and ramble and still try to yell over the person when they try to cut him off and be like, well, you're off topic. Like, it's still going to be the shit show. You're, you think that would eliminate it? Yeah, I think that if the moderator was to ask each one a question, what's your health care policy? You got 15 minutes and uninterrupted. Yes, that would serve the American people much, much better. Most people don't need 15 minutes to explain their health care policy, though, off front. Not, not a politician. They don't know enough about it usually to take 15 minutes to explain it and get into everything that's, about That's what it. I'm saying is they don't want our America. That's what I'm talking about with the Noam Chomsky is they don't want the population to be informed. And this is part of the dumbing down of America is the part of the debate process. They don't want us to know where they stand on healthcare, where they stand on wars, where they stand on environmental policies. They don't want to, which by the way, Bernie Sanders would have smoked Donald Trump in this debate on policy. He would have been able to push back on socialism and explain how healthcare should be a human right. And another thing with the debates, this really drives me crazy. The questions are always centered around a right-wing narrative. Like, for instance, it's always, well, how are you going to pay for something that's going to help for the poor? But you'll never, ever hear any moderator ask, how are you going to pay for these tax cuts? How are you going to pay for these endless wars? How are you going to pay for the damage that climate change causes? You never hear that. It's always centered from a right wing perspective. So if these are, you know, supposed to be nonpartisan, they're basically working for the bad guys. I can't argue with you there. That's exactly right. But all I'm saying is the debate commission is not going to fix that. The debate commission isn't going to be able to fix that. The debate commission can give them longer time but like i'm saying like right now as an example of what's going on donald trump would just eat it he wouldn't sit here and speak to each other like me and you and allow the other person to just talk back and that's the point of what these debates are pointing out like you're hearing people talk about currently is that this is what happens with people that's worked with him it's mcmaster and mattis like both of them talk about how that's how it was. Like, he doesn't want to listen to other people's opinions. Like, you start to tell your opinion back, he's going to talk over you, and this is how it is. So I just don't understand what that fixes with giving them a longer instance in this example. Maybe in future, maybe we could try stuff like that, but I just don't think it works with Donald Trump. I think the big issue is what you're talking about, though, is the moderator. Like, they need to do a better job at picking the moderator. Because what you're talking about is we got a cable news person to ask the questions and come up with questions. Of course, it's going to be catered to cable news. Of course, they're going to come up with stuff that would just pander to their audiences and what the people want to see watching them channels. Like um, They have to do a better job at picking a moderator, I feel like and allowing each other to actually have time to rebut. I mean, that's the whole point of the two minutes, though, 
is that not the fact that you can get everything summed up in two minutes. The fact that a lot of people can't go longer than two minutes, Joe. A lot of people can't talk on one issue for longer than two minutes that's running for politics. Maybe if they had everything brought out in front of them, was able to bring like a PowerPoint or something into the debate with them, maybe then. But they're not. Uh, a lot of people aren't going to be able to talk longer than two minutes on a subject and just ramble on about it and get their point across. They're just going to be talking in circles. But the two minutes is just an uninterrupted time. And Donald Trump didn't give that at all. He broke in the very first fucking time. <laughs> time when Joe Biden tried to field a question. It was like that that's what we got from the start of the shit show. Like it, it opened up and he never allowed that man just his own time to just completely answer a question. And that's I feel the real point of that. So maybe we can make that a little longer. I don't agree with the fifteen minutes because I get why they're doing it, but five Five to ten minutes, somewhere within that range, I feel like you'd be able to make a good... Because there's three debates. You're going to talk about the shit again the next time and the next time. It's not like there's just one debate and that's the one time they're doing it. So it's like if you miss points that you want to talk about, you're supposed to hit them in the next debate, right? So it's not just thinking about it as a two-minute time frame. You're getting still more time, and then there's time for each uh, candidate to rebut and talk about what the other one just said. So I just disagree with the moderator. Like They need to get better moderators. And that leads me to ask, what kind of moderator would you want? I would say the American people have already spoken on this, and Joe Rogan Rogan? is the favorite. I think that he would ask more questions that a regular working-class person would be interested in instead of someone who watches cable news 24-7. I think that if a politician can't speak on a subject for two minutes, they probably shouldn't run, and they should be exposed. I said I said, I said, longer. Yeah, if they can't talk about health care for longer than two minutes, they should be exposed for the fraud that they are, that they are just working for the insurance companies and the pharmaceuticals. You know, like, we, that's... <laughs> Either which way, I thought that uh, it was it was funny whenever Biden was about to hit Trump on many points and Trump would interrupt him and try to catch jump in that soundbite that I'm referring to. You know, that viral moment that don't that Biden was zeroing in on Trump and about to go viral and Trump would jump in, you know, and try to fog up his soundbite. Yeah, I mean, I I think any politician can speak longer than two minutes on the subject. That's not the point, and I hope you didn't take it that way. I just think they'll be talking in circles because they're not going to want to fully explain themselves, and no one wants to hear that over and over. Like I'm just coming up ways to talk in circles because that's the thing. Like most of them don't bring out a plan; they're just going to come up with an example that, uh, well, I talked to this person and this is what they said to me. I <laughs> like, to amplify if they need more time or something. It's not like they're bringing out a plan; they're coming up with more bullshit to pad the answer. So it limits the bullshit that we hear on a subject, man. Like, uh, <laughs> so if you give someone two minutes, they have to hit their points. Right. They can't just bullshit with the two minutes unless they do not have a plan and they're going to bullshit the whole two minutes. Trump 
was able to land some punches. I think he left a lot of points on the board, but I think he uh, made one good point in particular whenever we were talking about Trump's tax breaks and Trump had mentioned that Biden passed those, made those tax breaks permanent. You know, he's like, you're the one who was in legislation during this. So you're, you're upset that I didn't pay the taxes, but you're the guy. So I felt like that was a fair point for Trump. Well, you know, Biden tried to spin that stuff like, well, basically like it wasn't fucked up ever until Trump got into office. So what would he have changed differently? Like, if you notice that, like, Biden's like, well, you weren't in office. And it's like, so all of the problems. So he's just talking about the Trump tax cuts. That's all Biden's thinking about when he's talking about this. That was funny, man. <laughs> It was interesting. I feel like there was possibly rules at the beginning that Chris Wallace and the candidates agreed on because the first round of questions, like they did their two minute spills. Hey, Chris Wallace is like, okay, this is the open debate portion. And they're like, do y'all agree? So I guess this was like some kind of rule that they were going to go with, you know, but that was the only time I heard that. It was rules agreed to by both campaigns that the commission came up with and Trump fucking tore down all the walls on that shit man like there's <laughs> there's no going by it like they were tore down within minutes <laughs> and he, he he just lied a lot i felt like or just exaggerated along with lying i mean the whole mailman selling the ballots and stuff <laughs> like where where do we get this and if you look into that if i'm not mistaken wasn't the mailman that changed the ballots, the primary ballots, and he changed them from Democratic to Republican? And it's going in Republicans' favor? And it's like he's pointing out stuff that doesn't even go in to fit what he's talking about, how it's going to be rigged against him. That guy was rigging it against Democrats. But, like, I don't, I, I don't understand that why we don't have a fact checker. Like, we need a fact checker. Like, we desperately need a fact checker when we do debate i think uh, do you not agree with the fact checker that's a tough one because i feel like the fact checkers can no matter if they are or not they can come off as being partisan and it could actually you know muddle you know reaffirm the message that they're saying that the media is against us and I know I don't have too much faith in a lot of our fact checkers. Look at the way Facebook does, and that's not a fact checker. I don't see a fact checker on Facebook. I'm not a fan of political fact either. Uh, Snopes, I'm not a fan. It's a good idea. I'm not really sure what the answer is on that. During the open debate portion, that Trump was able to get the upper hand during that portion because. Biden was frazzled. He would try to start off and then Trump would interrupt him and Biden would lose his train of thought. And one part that I noticed all the Trump supporters were mentioning is they think that Chris Wallace was coaching Biden to to help him stay on point and to help him answer the question in a particular way. And I don't want to hear that because progressives, we've seen the worst end of these moderators. I remember in the the primary, or the question was asked to Bernie, did you say that a woman couldn't win the primary? And then Bernie said, no, I did not. <laughs> Immediately, they turned to Elizabeth Warren and asked, well, how did you feel whenever Bernie said that? <laughs> so I don't want to hear anything from the conservatives about moderators. 
I feel you. I feel you. But uh, yeah, the I thought it was funny that I didn't hear a lot of play after the debate. The the whole the exchange where Biden was, you know, his own former spokesperson said riots and chaos and violence help his cause. That's what this is about. And Trump was like, I don't know who said that. <laughs> Biden was like, uh, I do. Trump said, who? He said, Kellyanne Conway. Trump was surprised that he knew it. He's like, oh, oh okay, well, yeah. Yeah, Trump's like, Trump's like, I don't think she said that. And it's like, yeah, she fucking definitely said that. Though. Like, that was, that's definitely real. Let me say this real quick. In the Democratic <laughs> primary, another thing that we always noticed is one of the questions to all of the candidates in the primary was they were asking about Medicare for all. And they literally asked six of the 10 candidates. And then finally, the seventh one was Bernie. And then that's whenever he finally he coined his famous phrase. I wrote the damn bill. <laughs> He's like, yeah, thank, thanks for finally asking me about my bill. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wrote the damn bill. Yeah, we're, you have to know what you're going to be going against the moderators, too. And and Trump Trump wasn't Trump wasn't going against the moderators. The moderator, Chris Wallace, uh, I, I like Chris, but yeah, he had a tough job ahead of him. And there, I mean, Trump, again, never came in there meaning to play by the rules. He thought the only way he had a chance was to knock Joe Biden off of his like off of his rocker, basically. Just like see if he couldn't take the heat. And Joe Biden uh, felt like stood up well, especially in light of how incompetent Donald Trump and his campaign as and conservative news media have tried to make out Joe Biden. I think he stood up quite well to that and that's the sad thing that Donald Trump and his campaign painted such a poor picture of Joe Biden's mental health that what he did was winning the debate by doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, they lowered the expectations of what what so Biden low. was supposed to do. And if he didn't shit himself yes. and drool everywhere, that he can that's yeah. that's a huge win. Exactly, man. And it made no sense. The one moment, though, with the fact checker, like just saying shit like what cable news media does just spout when it's not news. It was found in court, what, last week, two weeks ago, that Tucker Carlson is not a news source. Like that that went to court and everything. (laughs) He is no news source. And this guy over here is talking about the mayor of Moscow's wife paid Hunter Biden like half a million dollars for work. He's spinning crazy theories up there, Joe, that's like completely unfounded. We already have the QAnon shit going around. Like, what are we going to do to combat the conspiracists if we don't have some kind of fact checking going on? People can get up there and say whatever the fuck they want to. Yeah. Hopefully we can have (laughs) an educated and informed populace that the fact checkers are irrelevant. And I know our media doesn't do a good job of that. And hopefully that's where we come into play and... We're going to try to fill that gap for everyone and connect the dots and call bullshit when we see it. And that's what I'm here for, and that's what I hope we're all here for. I think that Trump sort of left some points on the board as far as that goes during that interaction. He should have went after the corruption from his son, 
But where he really messed up was where he mentioned the drug addiction. And he was able to let Biden spin that back towards a sympathy story. You know, like, hey, we have all had our struggles and that's relatable to American people. We all know someone who has had addiction problems. And so instead of the conversation being about the corruption or Burisma or anything like that. Yeah, like you said, he just started throwing shit at the wall and see what stuck. I also felt Biden left a couple points on the border too where Trump messed up on coronavirus. Biden should have mentioned how the UPS was willing to send out masks. And Trump blocked that. And the American people should hear that, but Biden didn't mention that. One part that surprised me was when Biden knew about Antifa. He answered with, Antifa is an idea. It's not an organization. And I just was like, wait, I didn't know he knew that. But I thought it was really funny at that one point where Trump was interrupting Biden During that interaction, whenever they were talking about his son, he was throwing all kind of stuff against the wall to see what would stick. And one of the last things that he had mentioned was talking about the Green New Deal and his energy plans. There was one really funny interaction where Trump had interrupted Biden for something and he said a bunch of things that Biden was just flustered by. And Chris Wallace said, well, answer the last question that Trump asked. And Biden said, I don't remember what the last question was. Chris Wallace laughed. So this was like a a humanizing moment in the debate where we all sort of were like, dang, this is really happening. We have the... (laughs) That was so funny. He said, yeah, I'm having a problem too, sir. But I think he's talking... (laughs) But I think the question was about your economic response and uh, the Green New Deal. He said, I'm having a problem too. (laughs) And then Biden says... The Green New Deal or pay for itself, which is true. But this threw Chris Wallace completely off because you can tell the tenor in his voice was very questioned. He's like, do you support the Green New Deal? Do you, do you support the Green New Deal, Mr. Biden? <laughs> and Biden is like, oh, oh no, no. My, my plan will pay for itself. Like, you know, I don't support the Green New Deal, but the Green New Deal will pay for itself. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> it was just right. So in summary, that. I feel like my general takeaway was that Trump was able to beat the dog brakes off of Biden, unlike the way a true progressive would have been able to combat policy. He said, do you support the Green New Deal? And Biden said, no, I don't support the Green New Deal. And Trump was like, you just lost the, you just lost the left. <laughs> <laughs> there goes the left. And for some reason, Trump was making this like a central uh, part of his spiel, which was funny because if any person on the left who is supporting Biden, we already know that his policies are shit. We know that he doesn't support the Green New Deal. We know he doesn't support Medicare for all. We know that he's corrupt and working for the donors. So like they've already added this that part into the calculation. The part where Trump really messed up was if there was any lefties who were on the fence, they probably are leaning more toward Biden after Trump calling, making his call for all the Proud Boys to stand down. That mobilizes and energizes the left you know we're anti-fascist and if that doesn't say we're going to endorse biden but i think some people that were maybe on the fence they heard trump's not even dog whistling it was way past that 
the why supremacist thing was very stupid and like i i don't understand how stupid a person could be at times with donald trump because he was just set up easily to just do what he needed to do there and he i i don't don't know if there's some underlying reasoning there or not i don't want to speculate but oh why would you ever oh the proud boys stand back and stand down like what what the fuck kind of thing in summary though like i um it was pretty. It was pretty bad, and a lot of people didn't take anything out of it. I guess if you were an uns, uh, a truly undecided voter, that I'm not sure if they exist in America really any longer. If you're a truly undecided voter, maybe um, if you were questioning Joe Biden's mental acuity, it won you over. But outside of that, I don't see it actually doing anything. The American people basically lost from this debate, and. I want to thank all of the listeners for joining us. We are completely overwhelmed by the support we have received. So I want to give you a quick palate cleanser from that debate. Democracy Now! reports that Philly activists reclaim 50 vacant homes, creating a model for organizations as mass evictions loom. In a historic victory for unhoused people, Philadelphia city officials agreed to hand over 50 vacant homes to a community land trust following months of organizing and protest encampments. Kiana Yamata Taylor, who has written extensively about housing insecurity, says that direct actions there are applicable across the U.S. This dynamic exists all over the country where you have both empty housing and houseless people. A completely irrational expression of what American capitalism means, Taylor said. The sustained movement in Philadelphia established a model for what all tenant organizing and activist groups should be taking up, which is occupying this space, occupying the properties, and then putting political pressure on public housing authorities to do their jobs and house the people that are unhoused. So I wanted to give y'all a little palate cleanser from the debate and let y'all know that we have wins going on. You know, this is part of the revolution. We're going to keep the momentum going. We're going to keep the fight going. Anything else you want to say? I just want to remind people that we're less than 30 days from an election. Make sure to get out and vote and remember what's on the ballot. If you live in Arizona, if we do have any Arizona listeners, they do have Proposition 207 on the ballot and uh, to legalize recreational cannabis. And that's something we need to work on to get supported in the rest of the states across the country so we can get it uh, nationwide. And I want to thank all the listeners also. We appreciate you guys' support. We'll catch you on the left turn lane. And make sure to check up our check out our website. Where's that at, Will? It is talkingaboutarevolutionnow.com. Talkingaboutarevolutionnow.com. All right, we'll see you all next time. Thank you all very much. We're out.